books form the groundwork of one's education. Without well-directed, diligent reading, few persons can hope to become really educated or cultured. But all wisdom is not contained between the covers of books. We can learn daily from all sorts and conditions of men and women and children from what we see going on around us, from what we hear. average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Everyone, welcome to the only podcast in the history of podcasts to have an alliterative title and a host who doesn't know what that means. Kidding, of course. Anyway, welcome to Wisdom Warfare, brought to you by MentorBox. I'm your host, Tyler Lay, content coordinator of MentorBox, and I hope you're ready for some intellectually armed conflict. As an exercise in futility and frivolity, and hopefully education, I'll be manifesting the perspectives of two great thinkers through quintessential quotes of theirs that have withstood the test of time, or at least the test of brainyquote.com and goodreads.com. So, who are today's great minds, you ask? Thank you, listener. On this episode, I've organized a bout between two men whose careers and lives were paramount to modern definitions of success. Men who inspired generations, not only of everyday folks in need of motivation and greater business acumen, but of writers and speakers who subsequently inspired others to strive and achieve. The first is B.C. Forbes. Yes, that Forbes, founder of Forbes Magazine. Though Bertie Charles passed away more than 60 years ago, the world-famous business and finance publication just celebrated its 100th birthday last year in 2017. Arguably the best business mag of all time, Forbes still circulates nearly a million copies bi-weekly in an era where the words print publication have become nigh-paradoxical. Not to mention the magazine's early success allowed it to expand into a global media brand, Forbes Media, offering news on business, tech, investment, politics, pop culture, and just about everything else. And it all began with old BC. In the other corner, I present you world-famous entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker Jim Rohn. Rohn authored the seminal self-development books The Art of Successful Living and Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness. 
a hugely popular guy, no doubt, among MentorBox subscribers. He spoke to more than 6,000 live audiences, teaching and motivating an estimated 5 million people in his career. That's 5 million people live. Widely regarded as one of the most influential thought leaders in the realm of business and personal success, his inspirational words have been canonized into hundreds of immortal quotes. He received two of the most coveted National Speakers Association awards, including the Master of Influence Award, and he was the primary mentor of world-famous speaker Tony Robbins. While it might seem natural that I'd use the teachings of Forbes and Roan to inspire you directly, I'll instead be delivering a dish of cognitive dissonance for dinner and pitting these greats against each other. While it's safe to guess that a conversation between them would yield a much more accurate and insightful exposure of their respective philosophies, these men are dead. May they rest in peace. So it's up to me to save the day and decide why it is they seem to disagree on one essential facet of education, something they were in fact both very, very passionate about. Now, the tension I've discovered between them is rather acute, so let's get right to the quotes and break it down from there. Roan, in his classically prudential tone, once said, The difference between where you are today and where you will be five years from now will be found in the quality of books you have read. B.C. Forbes, a bit more cautious about the ultimate power of reading, said, Books are are like mirrors. If an ass looks in, you can't expect an angel to look out. I didn't just choose the latter quote because it has the word ass in it. That was only half my rationale. The more important half, however, is the interesting dichotomy this presents between notions of book learning held by these two men. Roan very clearly believes that books, more specifically the consumption of knowledge through books and through reading, has the power to determine one's path. Now, the kind of development he's referring to remains somewhat ambiguous, but I think it's safe to assume, given his pedigree and his career, Roan was referring to one's success, quote-unquote, because that's a broad term, you know, the health, wealth, love, and happiness kind of success with a slight emphasis on the wealth component. So how wealthy and fulfilled you'll be in five years depends on whether you're reading good, well-written, thoughtful, profound, exciting books or bad books. Presumably, no books at all is the extreme bad end of the spectrum. Forbes himself certainly could have been described similarly as a motivator or even as a self-development expert. His books, Keys to Success or Personal Efficiency and Forbes Epigrams, are clearly dedicated to helping readers develop financial savvy and personal skills. I've scoured the archives where most of Forbes' books are now in the public domain, and it doesn't appear that this Asses and Angels quote comes from any of them. I even looked for audio recordings of him, and the closest I found was a 60-year-old high school newspaper interview with a woman of the same name somewhere in suburban Oklahoma. So it may seem as if he was just speaking crassly off the cuff in this quote, because as far as I can tell, Forbes was never actually paid to speak publicly or mentor or coach live like Roan was. And besides, the extent to which one could be a public figure in his age, 1880 to 1954, 
was truly limited to how well your book sold and maybe whether you had some radio or perhaps even TV and movie appearances. I mean, come on, there was no internet and definitely no Twitter threatening swift accountability to every single thing you said at that point. Granted, those things really only existed in the last couple years of Roan's life too. It doesn't appear that he took great advantage of them in any major way. But the point is, in order to extract the most accurate value from B.C. Forbes' quote that I've given you, I've opted to do a bit more research into its origin. In addition to that quote, I found this poignant passage from his Keys to Success. Imagine Sean Connery reading it or someone of Scottish descent instead of me, as B.C. Forbes was. Our education comes or should come from our daily experiences in life. Education is observation rather than perspiration. Books form the groundwork of one's education. Without well-directed, diligent reading, few persons can hope to become really educated or cultured. But all wisdom is not contained between the covers of books. We can learn daily from all sorts and conditions of men and women and children from what we see going on around us, from what we hear. So that's pretty clear. Books are the groundwork, but they don't contain all of the wisdom. So Forbes quote, books are like mirrors. If an ass looks in, you can't expect an angel to look out is ultimately a claim that social, environmental, and cultural education is an indispensable prerequisite to one's engagement with literature. I did some reciprocal further searching through Roan's catalogs of quotes as well. There are so many that BuzzFeed could probably make a listicle called 30 Best Listicles of Jim Roan Quotes. I found in my research that he once said, stacking books under your feet, i.e. reading them, will allow you to reach a higher shelf and that everything you need for a better future and success has already been written. And while we're at it, I'll take this moment to remind you that MentorBox is chock full of education just like this. If you're seeking inspiration, you want to find some more great quotes, you want to learn from people like Jim Rohn and BC Forbes, be sure to check out MentorBox.com and become a subscriber. So I see a subtle yet strong friction between Rohn and Forbes. It's a bit of a chicken and egg problem, if you will. A great man no doubt reads books books. That's something they certainly agree on. And surely they agree that no person will self-educate absent of social and cultural engagement of some sort. Nonetheless, the difference in emphasis between the men is abundantly clear. And for me, that means we should take a deeper look at the lives of Forbes and Roan to see what we can discover about the origins of their respective thinking. So Jim Roan had rather rustic Midwestern upbringing. Though born in Washington State, he was raised on a farm in rural Idaho. His parents owned the farm, so he spent his youthful years working it. As an only child, you can imagine how trying this likely was at times. Ultimately, this time on the farm was deeply formative for him, and it instilled in young Jim at least two essential characteristics— One, a respect for hard work and dedication to long-term results. You know, you plant, you wait a season. 
the crops come. Two, an enjoyment of stories and storytelling. His father, Emmanuel James Roan Sr., was known for his ability to deliver a narrative, and he clearly passed this on to his son. Jim Jr. entered adolescence just as World War II was coming to a close. As America was undergoing massive economic and industrial transition, Roan, too, went for a slice of peacetime abundance by enrolling in college. However, a single year of higher ed was all it took for him to realize that there simply had to be another way. He dropped out and begun to raise a family with his wife by his early 20s. Roan's first professional gig was as a stock clerk for Sears, not a super lucrative job by any standards even then. When he was 25, he was invited to a seminar given by John Earl Schoff, an entrepreneur and motivational speaker. That same year, Roan joined Schoff's nutrient sales company, Abundavita. After advancing to a leadership position in another arm of the company within two years, Schoff began to mentor Roan directly. It is actually said that as Schoff's health declined in the 60s, he told Roan directly he instructed him to become a millionaire. Roan did so, and he moved to Beverly Hills just the year after Schoff passed away. He was invited to deliver his first seminar in California after a series of smaller, more topical speaking jobs. He told his story of Idaho rags to Beverly Hill riches, and from there, the legend grew. Now, B.C. Forbes, as I alluded to earlier, was Scottish. I was surprised to discover that he was raised in an area that's very geographically similar to that of Roan, a rural community just over an hour from the closest city by, you know, train or car. Roan from Boise, Forbes from Aberdeen, cities of very similar size now. Forbes' parents were shopkeepers, and until he was old enough to help out at that shop, Young Bertie, as he was known, actually did a good deal of farm work as well. However, when he was 14, Forbes found a position as a printer's devil. Now, a printer's devil is comparable to the least pleasant, most grueling of internships today. Though the position was paid, it involves fetching things for writers and editors and other menial supplementary tasks done around a publication house. However... It involves fetching things for writers and editors and other menial supplementary tasks performed around a newspaper or publication house. However, many great men of history, including Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and Walt Whitman, worked as printer's devils in their youth. Whether Forbes knew this is unclear, but he followed a similar path nonetheless. Forbes worked his way up the ladder while simultaneously taking night classes at a local university— from his 17th to his 21st year, he wrote and reported for a local newspaper until he decided he wanted more. He moved to Johannesburg, South Africa, and then to New York City, where he worked under renowned editors for major publications in both locations. He founded Forbes magazine in 1917, and again, the legend grew. Now, right here I'll remind you of the quotes once more. Forbes said, books are like mirrors. If an ass looks in, you can't expect an angel to look out. Jim Rohn said, the difference between where you are today and where you'll be in five years from now will be found in the quality of books you've read. 
Though their beginnings were similar enough, there's plenty of cultural differences about which I could speculate that dictated their respective work ethics. However, it's clear that both men worked hard and contributed to their communities however they could at a very early age. The split, as far as I can see, happens around storytelling, because both men encountered a high order of storytelling at a young age. For Rome, it was most likely as a diversion of sorts, perhaps a fun tradition of his father's to orate an entertaining story after a day's work on the farm. For Bertie Charles, storytelling was much more critical at an early age. He aided those whose job it was to tell stories primarily for robust informational purposes and to engender public knowledge. The other stark difference between these two is the presence of travel in their early careers. Jim Rohn seems to have only gotten as far as Canada before launching his motivational career out in California. B.C. Forbes, however, lived on three continents by the time he was only 24 years old. And in each of those places, his job was to write about local culture and events to learn that area that he was in. Knowing these differences, it's abundantly clear why each man would speak of books as he did. Being that he was largely busy, isolated on a farm, remember, no siblings at all, it's likely that books and stories were a huge part of Roan's early life. They probably taught him a great deal about the vast world of people, places, and things outside of the life that he was born into. Again, a very isolated one. And he clearly didn't have any desire to break the habit of storytelling when he launched his official career. So it's not surprising that he would continue to advocate for voracious reading in his teachings. Forbes seems to have found a very unlikely path through professional storytelling, seeing as how he went from a small settlement in northern Scotland to the Big Apple and creating his own magazine. As a journalist, it's not only your job to tell stories in a certain way, but you must also decide what exactly the story is. You decide what events make it into the newspaper or the magazine, and you decide how to best be objective and accurate in the way you report on them. It can be fun, sure. I know, I was a journalist back in college, but journalism is quintessentially informational and rigorous. Therefore, if you're looking to learn from books, you must first learn to select the books rooted in accurate, effective information. This, BC would say, comes from life experience. Socializing, viewing new cultures, listening to people who have different lives from yours, and getting a sense for what is significant and impactful to all people and to humanity at large. So, who's right and who's wrong? Who's the smart legendary expert and who's the silly legendary expert? Kidding, of course. But this one is really tough for me, and I did plenty of going back and forth in my thought process. In my adulthood, having done some traveling and engaging with different cultures and some reporting, I feel like I identify more with Mr. Forbes. I see an American culture that is becoming increasingly skeptical of expertise. Because frankly, I see an American culture that is becoming increasingly skeptical of expertise because, well, frankly, I see expertise that is becoming increasingly questionable. Biased research and dishonesty from those in power make it very hard to decide what's right and what's wrong, what's accurate and what's outrageous. But while I identify and largely agree with Forbes, I have to give the trophy here to Jim Rohn. 
In my adulthood, I've had the opportunity to expand myself, but I wouldn't have had the inclination to do so originally without books and stories in my early life and in my early schooling. Again, this discrepancy between Forbes and Roan is really just a matter of emphasis, and it's the fact that books offer a kind of accessibility to different lives that wins this one for me. Sure, if you can literally travel the world before you're in your mid-20s, that's splendid and a wildly beneficial endeavor. However, the way I see it is like this. We are all born into a singular location, region, and culture. Sure, plenty of people move around most of their lives, but very few of them are truly experiencing the world. By reading great, well-written, insightful, diverse, and entertaining books, you effectively prime your mind for what education to further pursue. In a sense, books teach you what life may have in store if and when you begin to engage with and learn from other kinds of people, and this seems to have been the case for Jim Rohn as it was for me. So, read great books and meet great people. But remember, books offer stories, ideas, information, and artistry that may otherwise be inaccessible to you in your current place and at your current time. If you remember this unique power of books to take you places you've never been and meet people you'll never meet, you'll thrive five years into your future and well beyond that too. Thanks for listening. Now get out there and read. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts, as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.